This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Great to have you folks here today, and how wonderful to see all of you here. And again, we hope you can join, you, join us this week, next week with Metropolitan Ballet, any week you want to join us. Even if you're just a creaster, that's fine with me. In my business, a creaster, you know what a creaster is? You come at Christ, Christmas and Easter. So we have a little slogan at New Church Live, invite your favorite creaster to Easter. So if you're here with that in mind, great. It is good to have you here. Again, Senior Pastor Chuck Blair, and, and I, I want to start out by just welcoming our online congregation. We've got a number of different online families who will be part of today's service. The first is the Millers, who want to wish you all well from Western Pennsylvania. Here's a little, yes, Western PA, where I'm from. Here's a little little hello from the Millers from Western Pennsylvania, where we're getting some snow <laughs> this beautiful day. Have a wonderful Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. So I, I want to talk to you about Easter, and Easter's like such an incredible holiday, right? It, it, it's, it's our lives have these challenges, and yet, yet somehow at Easter, we just get to feel something just take off. We get to just feel something just grow in our hearts, and, and, and we get to experience something very different. I, I think with life, right, we, we, have, we have our hopes, our hopes for the way we think life is going to work. Now, those of us who are older than 20, how have our lives gone for, in relation to those initial hopes? If they followed them all, please say no. No. You know, it, it has all kinds of crazy detours along the way. And part of that can lead to a lot of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of concern. Or it can lead us to this. A new hope. A new hope. A new way to hold life, a new way to see things as we're going to be working on with our next series. It's, it's, it's understanding that there is a love, there is a faith that is beyond our life circumstances. Now, it's interesting with, with the Easter story, with the Easter story, so much of it is, is spent around, around Jesus talking in the Bible, and actually it's him talking about comforting people, knowing that a certain hope was going to die, but that a certain hope was going to come alive. That first hope sort of dies on a Friday and is reborn on Easter Sunday. Can I tell you a geeky little history thing? This is totally, I like geeky stuff on occasion. This is totally geeky. That's why the original Christians switched the Sabbath from Saturday, which was the traditional Jewish Sabbath, to Sunday. Because they said, no, we need a Sabbath that actually begins our week. That signifies that new hope that we have in life circumstances that can somehow be incredibly difficult. So we're going to go with one main theme today. And here, I'd love for a kid who's willing to volunteer. Now, I am totally penned in by flowers here. So usually I'm jumping in and out of the audience. You are on. I'm not going to do it today because I don't want to knock any flowers over because that would be our first viral YouTube video ever. So we're going to have a young reader. You can just come stand right here. I'm going to grab the mic. Oh, you even came bringing flowers. That's good. Right here, honey. All right, now I'm going to have you read this line that's right up here. All right? Your, your giftness. Your grief. Your grief will turn to joy. Excellent. Give a round of applause, folks. 
that's the theme today. Like your grief will turn to joy. Your grief will turn to joy because, because I feel like so many of us carry grief. It's just part of the human experience. Could I get a little amen? amen. It just is. It just is. And yet here's Jesus constantly saying, your grief will actually turn to joy. Now, it's, it's fascinating, right? Because you would think he was saying, my grief will turn to joy. But he's not. He's talking about the people who are following him. And he's saying, look, you will have grief in your life. And, and I'm going to show you a lived way to go through that. And that is so much part and parcel of the Easter story. So can I tell you the story? Yeah. Yes, here's your Easter story. So so Easter, Easter begins kids... With, with Jesus, he gets, gets into some trouble. He's kind of, he's, he's annoying people because he keeps on preaching this gospel of love. And it's not a gospel that's dependent on a certain political power or a certain religious establishment. It's just about living love as best you can. And it's not a sappy, ooey-gooey love. It's actually a love that does things like, like heals people, that, that hangs out, that is always having dinner with the exact wrong people. That's even, as we talked about last week, even washes other people's feet. How crazy is that? But that love was very unsettling to some people. So what they did is that they got together and they decided that it was time for him to die. And Jesus kind of knew this was coming. He knew this was coming. And that's where we pick up the story. He's been brought before a group. He's been put on trial. They've said, you're guilty. They said, the penalty is death. And that's where we pick up this story here. And this year, we're reading it from Matthew 27. Then the Roman soldiers took Jesus. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Then they led him away to crucify him. Really a sad, sad scene. They were essentially making fun of him. Here was a guy who was saying he was a king, but he wasn't saying he was a king of this world. That's the old hope. He's saying he was going to become a king of a new world. And not a king as in like some ruler who was going to be standing way high above us. But a king, please listen, folks. But a king who was going to walk with us. A king who no matter where you are in your life, seeks from the bottom of his soul because he is love to walk with you. Who seeks to walk with you. I mean, a beautiful, beautiful story here because you think of all the things that he could have done and and that he didn't do. He was willing to go through this so he could show us no matter how hard our life is, this is how you go through these really trying times without giving in to fear, Anger, revenge, or hopelessness. What a lived message that is. So what happens is he gets led away and he gets crucified. Next picture here. Now crucifixion, won't go into the details. It was, it was a sad way to die. A sad way to die. And you think about these people, folks. You think about these people. I'm going to step across carpets here. You think about the three basic days that happen over the Easter holiday. You have this event. And this event happens here on a Friday. And, and you have to put yourself, kids, like put yourself in the shoes of these people. Right? They had, they had, they had literally given their lives. They, they'd left jobs and careers. They, they'd left everything behind to follow this guy. 
And then he gets put to death. And, and he, you know, I say it every year, but I think it's so important. Their primary fear for themselves was what? Death. That this was going to, if that happened to him, that's going to happen to me too. Sad, sad stuff. So a sad part of it is that very few of them actually attend this event or, or, or seek to comfort him during this. They run away because they're afraid. Again, the Bible, folks, is not filled with heroes. It's filled with Joe and Jane bag of donuts, just like you and me. Just regular, normal people. Filled with fears, worries, anxieties, the whole thing, as well as hopes and dreams and a life that they hope to become more and more defined by love. So that's this day. And then we have Saturday of Easter as well. And, and, and the Saturday of Easter, it's, it was the Jewish Sabbath, so they couldn't actually go to the grave. So, so they're just waiting, waiting. How fun is waiting? Not, not fun. Especially, folks, when, when, when we're dealing with challenges, when we're, when we're dealing with heartbreak, don't we all just want to do something? Like, tell me what to do, I'll do it, whatever, I'll do it, I'll do it. There is nothing to do except for to just sit with how hard life was. And there are times, and I think you know what I'm talking about here, I'm sure many of you have experienced it, where we just sit not just with how hard life was looking back at it, but we are just sitting in a place where we just know how hard life is. That's that Saturday place. My two cents as a pastor, that's why it doesn't get preached on too much. Like, how do you preach on waiting? <laughs> not easy to do, but it, but it is so much part of our lives. And then there's this other part over here. That's Sunday. That beautiful, beautiful Sunday. Now, kids, as a pastor, I get to see beautiful, witness beautiful things all the time, including beautiful things in very, very hard circumstances. I get to see that all the time. Like, people are beautiful. And what happens a lot is people will share having a deeply spiritual experience with me. And this is the way the conversation always goes. Pastor Chuck, can I tell you this thing? Sure. You're going to think I'm weird because no one ever has these experiences. And I'm like, oh boy, I got a congregation full of you. You know, we all have these weird little spiritual experiences. We just do. So I'm going to share a couple of them with you. And I want you to hold these in terms of what is it that sometimes people see after people pass away? After people they just love to the bottom of their heart, after they die, and they, they've, just, they've been in the grief of it, and, and then they're in the waiting of it, and then there's just this little break. Just this little break. And the little break only ever says one thing, which is that I'm fine, and I love you. That's all it ever says. Usually that's enough. So I want to share two pictures that someone shared with me. This first picture here, this is a beautiful picture, a few months back. This is a family whose mom had passed away at home just that morning. Look at that picture. That's beautiful. I'm fine, and I love you. Another family sent me this picture. This was right after I'd done their daughter's funeral in the Bernathan Cathedral. And they sent me this picture, said, Chuck, you won't believe this. And I said, yes, I would. Yeah, is that wow or what? Yeah, that's the real deal. I'm okay. I love you. I'm okay. 
I love you. As the band comes out, just allow, allow those pictures to just kind of, of work their magic with you. As the band comes out, think about how this, how this could look in your life. Like, what if we allowed these things in, really to, to shape our lives? Like, like, I think that's what Jesus is asking us. Like, let this story in. Let this picture become very real to you. Because, as Jesus would say, I want all of you. Not all of you as something that I can control, but all of you as something that I can love and something that, that we can create together. It makes a difference out there into the world. A church shaped like hope, a church shaped like love, a church where we've really learned to give it all over to Jesus. That's beautiful, right? And, and the idea that, that, that God wants it all, and it's not a wanting it all, it's, it's a wanting it all from a new church perspective where, where what God is asking is, is, give me all your heart. Not so I can possess it, but so I can give it back to you. A place where you'll know that you are loved and that it's all going to be okay. That's powerful. As one author famously said, God is the only thing we can surrender to, where we actually become more ourselves, more our true selves, than any other way. And that's maybe such a big part of what we celebrate here at Easter. And some of that, I think, comes back to that beautiful part, like, like what do you see in, in, in Jesus' part of this story? What do you see? What do you see out there in life? So what I want to talk about now, kids, is, is the next part of the story. So what happens, they're sitting here at Saturday, they go over in Sunday, and then they race to Jesus' tomb. And that's where we pick up this story. These are two women who race to his tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes white as snow. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. And by the way, angel in Hebrew means messenger, one of my favorite little word things. Do not be afraid. Again, we got a lot of first time people. We say it all the time. Do not be afraid. The number one commandment in the whole Bible. Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Folks, and I think the angel would have giggled when the angel said that. He's risen. He's risen. Just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. In other words, come and see where he isn't anymore. I want you to see that. And then go and tell those who have followed him. A beautiful line. So what happens is that these women, these women run, they start running down a path. Now, now, for those of you who don't know, we have a very large online congregation, larger actually than we have in person. And one of our beautiful families lives out in South Dakota, which is way fun. Their last name is Klippenstein. So I asked them to do a reading. And my little joke mind was you get to see a clip from Clip. So this is the Klippensteins, the family, the kids who are offering us this next part of the reading. What happens next in the story? Take a look. Up 
afraid, yet filled with joy, they ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. Happy Easter from South Dakota. For someone who still can't figure out how cell phones work, that is beyond cool. So there's, there's beauty in that. And, and that line, folks, that, that beautiful line, let's look at that line. I think it's so much part of, of our nature. Afraid yet filled with joy. Is that part of your experience or what? Right? How many of us have been afraid yet filled with joy at least once in our lives? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, afraid yet filled with joy. They ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. And, and you know, I love looking at the word. And the word greetings there is not like Jesus stood forth and said greetings. It actually, it actually means this. It means being called by your name. That makes you want to cry. It means being called by your name. For you are mine, as God would say. Incredible power in that line. And what we start to get through this, folks, is again that idea of a hope, a hope that's being replaced by another hope. That afraidness, and, and that, that change here, this, this hope that was, was yeah, life was going to look like this. That's not the way it's going to look. Even though Jesus said that's not how it's going to look, they still felt like that's how it's going to look. And it didn't go that way. So, so what happens is this other hope appears. That hope's called redemption. Life anew. You could just use one word and just say Easter. What happens when we do that? What happens when we do that is this again, this peace. We get this hope for tomorrow. This, this hope that tomorrow can just, can just be the place where we can make these choices. We can make these decisions to live a life that's, that's far more aligned to that deeper, more true hope. Because so much of life, folks, so much of life feels like a dark tunnel some days feels challenging. It, it, tunnels can be a little bit scary. It's interesting, a tunnel sort of looks like I imagine the grave looked as well. But Jesus is always saying there's something else there. And this is a critical part I'd ask us all to think about. One year when I was trying to teach this kids, what I did was I lined up dominoes on stage. And then I knocked them over and I said, well, what, is, what does Jesus do? Well, what, he, what he does is there's all these, these dominoes of fear, vengeance, anger, and then the last one, hopelessness. From a new church perspective, the last temptation of Christ was angels telling him it was hopeless. The last temptation of Christ was angels telling him it was hopeless. And Jesus kind of puts his hand in and goes, nope, nope. None of those things are true. We can actually choose to live into a different way. We can choose to live very differently in our lives. We can choose to understand what rebirth is all about. And then we'll get to experience, we'll get to experience this. Your grief will turn to joy. What's beautiful about this is, is, is Jesus says it like your grief will turn to joy. And, and, and it's so hard, you know, if, if, if I'm sitting in a really, really hard place, do I believe that statement, yes or no? No, absolutely not. So if you're not believing it either, I'm with you. 
right? I, I can struggle with that just like you do. But then there's the miracle of putting this service together. And what I noticed is this, is I, I put together a slide with just a bunch of pictures of people of New Church Live. And it's just a real simple picture here. I could point any one of those pictures and say, yeah, that life had grief, and 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 that life had grief. But what's the J word that best describes that picture, folks? Can we say it together? Joy. Joy. That idea that, that there is a, a grief in life, of course, but, but that there's also this joy, whereas Anne Lamott says we always need to remind it that grace bats last. Always grace bats last. So to close, I wish you folks just an incredibly happy Easter. My hope for you is that you allow a space in your heart for a new hope to be born, for a new hope to grow, for Easter literally to become the first day of the week, a place where we can learn to love more, a place where we can learn to trust more, a place where we can learn like, hey, when I'm confused, I'll go right to the default, which is service. Because that's the place, my friends, not where Jesus dies. But that's the place where Jesus comes alive. Happy Easter. Now to close the service, because we have a theme here inviting in, inviting in online congregants, we have a family here from the Poconos who watches us online. This is a former student of mine from Pocono Mountain High School, believe it or not. So they are here today. Please welcome for a warm round of applause as they come forward. And then we're going to do the final prayer down here. with the pastor brother. <laughs> All right, please join us in a last prayer. So Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful congregation of people. And remind us, Lord, yet again, yet again, that we are here to experience hope born anew. New forms of hope, new ways of hoping, new ways of living, new ways of being. Lord, allow this message not just to be part of our heart that is set out there and detached. Allow it to be part of our heart that lives, that lives in all of us. Whether it's the Bryants down in Maryland, whether it's the Walshes in the Poconos, whether it's the Klippensteins in South Dakota, whoever it might be, including all of us here, allow that message to come alive. And for us, Lord to come alive as well. Thank you for your presence here today. In your name, this Easter, we pray. Amen.
Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.